Good morning. Welcome to Let's Open the Bible this Monday morning. You got Gavin and Russ with you. Good morning, Gavin. Good morning. It's great to be back. Uh, hopefully, you had a great war- week of uh, weekend of worship and praise. And uh, you know, as we've gotten this new year underway, hopefully, uh, it's gotten off to a good start. And uh, this week, we're going to talk about something that may be a little controversial for some. Um, we're going to talk about the topic of drinking. Hmm. It seems like there should be a dun dun dun. <laughs> I don't know that we have that sound effect, but that would be a that would have been a really good sound effect right there. This is like that Atari game for you young kids. There was a game system called an Atari, and it was Pitfall. And you used to, I mean, it was just like one thing would pop out here. Well, it's kind of like every video game that you know something could pop out and goes wrong, and you just have to avoid all of these things. We're we're gonna walk through a minefield. It is truly a minefield for sure, and and I'll say up front for the listener, uh, Gavin and I do not agree on certain topics of this, and and I think that actually is is helpful because I think it's important to understand that there are topics that we can agree to disagree on as believers, and and still both be you know secure in our faith and in our beliefs. Uh, you know, Gavin, I, I've shared with you before that I, I hold a, a particular view of eschatology. We're not going to get into that today, uh, but that but that particular view of eschatology was referred to as a heresy uh, by one of our brothers in Christ. And I brothers, just yeah. brothers, that's really good. And, yeah. and you know, and I just pointed out that I said, well, you know, it's a pretty strong term because we're not talking about salvation. We're not talking about you know primary uh, matters. I mean, this is a tertiary thing. Like, I'm okay if I get to heaven and find out I was wrong. Yeah, you know. Uh, and this is not a gospel that if you if present anything differently than this, you are accursed or anathema. Right. right, right. So I think it's important to know that there are things in doc. There are there are doctrinal things that we can disagree on, and there are non doctrinal things that are scriptural that we can disagree on agreeably. Now there are primary things that we. Uh, we really need to be careful that we agree on that are very important. The doctrine of Christ. We need to. We need to. We need to believe that Christ is the Son of God. Right. I believe that Al Mohler called it theological triaging. That you put some things in the category of you know a, a primary issue of the faith, and if you disagree on that, then that is heretical. Uh, what Paul would call, if you don't believe in that, you are what Paul would say are, are anathema. You are accursed in that you you do not share the same faith a, as we do. And that puts you outside of Christian orthodoxy and and in the primary issues that puts you outside of the faith. So again, the person and work of Jesus Christ, that is a non-negotiable. And so so there's a well-known uh, saying that says that we are in the essentials, we are to have unity. In the non-essentials, we are to have liberty. And in the in all things, we are to have charity, right? right? So in those, in, when you triage these things, the primary issues are things that y- you need to believe in order to be genuinely an orthodox, historical Christian. Then there are the secondary issues where we can agree to disagree. They're not, they're very important and, and they have huge consequences. And then they're tertiary and uh, what is it? Quartiary things. I'm maybe <laughs> making up words. We're, we're now at the third and fourth level yeah, of importance. Right. And, and and suddenly it comes they they come to levels where we can ag- disagree totally, and I would be glad to have you in my pulpit, you know. And right. so I think this is one of those issues. Yeah, it is. This is one of those issues that that you know we can disagree agreeably on, and you know be friends. Uh, and, and I think that's important. 
it's really important for the listener to understand that Russ and I, whatever may, may come up in this issue, we're going to walk away from here respecting one another, thinking, you know, and genuinely caring for one another. You know, I, I said this before, I, I love to listen to those sports shows and I often wonder, do they, do, are they putting these arguments on for show? Do they really like each other? And sometimes you'll hear, oh, they pretend to like each other, but they really don't. Russ and I genuinely like each other uh, and we disagree and I, and I hope uh, hope we do it respectfully. And then the other thing that, that, you know, Russ told me is that he'll have, uh, you know, I'll have my ways and Russ will have his, and he just points up to, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Uh, the Lord's. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, but going back to this, I have had conversations on both sides of this where people, uh, fervently, uh, say that no drinking is allowed. And then I've had conversations with others who fervently say drinking is allowed. And, and so this is just one of those land, land uh, minefields that, you know, if you're listening to this, you may have very, very strong opinions that are maybe different than mine or different than Gavin's. And, uh, but let's, let's disagree on these things agreeably. Yeah. And, and, and then lastly, I know I just was joking about it, but to put maybe a little more emphasis, um, there is a way that seems right unto a man, right? Or the man who trusts in his own mind is a fool. Uh, and, and we need to, you know, if, if you do not accept instruction, you despise yourself. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So I don't want to make it like all these views are the same. I, I, I would imagine, I think, I know, I know, Russ would say he goes to the scripture to work out his understanding of drinking and alcohol consumption. And I want the scripture to be the final authority in my life. So we're not just saying everything goes. I mean, whatever you want, you know, you have your way, I'll have mine, everybody's fine. We're not pluralistic, you know, we're not right. relativistic, we're not postmodern in our thinking. Uh, and so we we both want to press into the word of God and let it shape our thinking. Is that, I mean, that's yeah, fair? That's that's fair. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So. And then we end up in, in slightly different places. And, and I don't – listen, I think it's important that Russ should try to change my mind and not using his verses to convince me. But, hey, have you thought about this in light of this verse? You know, Gavin, have you thought about this in light of these verses? I think that's a healthy thing to do. We all, in the end – have blind spots in our thinking about these things. And we need that iron that sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. And we should be pressing one another on um, to grow in these areas of our life that may or may not be blind. Excellent. So if you're listening and you have your Bible and it's safe for you to open your Bible, find Romans chapter 14, verse 1. And uh, I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 4 after Gavin uh, opens with a word of prayer. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, we come before your throne of grace and, and just in a moment mention a few of the many graces that you bestow upon us. First, you are God and there is no other. You are God and there is none like you. It, it is a gracious gift to us that you reveal yourself to us through your word, that you have um, come and dwelt among us. Uh, God the Son, Jesus Christ, came and dwelt among us. And then you offer up a sacrifice, your only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. It's just grace upon grace. May we be grateful for that. And God, may we not uh, forsake your word, but may we hide it in our hearts that we might not sin against you. And especially as we discuss this difficult topic of alcohol and drinking, 
may your word shape our thinking. May we be not wise in our own eyes, but may we trust you in all things. Um, Light our path well, according to your word, in Jesus' name. And your spirit at work in us, Heavenly Father, certainly. um, He guides us into all truth. We certainly need that, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, again, that's Romans chapter 14. I'm going to begin there in verse 1. It says there, Receive one who is weak in the faith, but but not to disputes over doubtful things. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat, and let not him who does not eat judge him who eats, for God has received him. Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will, make, uh, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. Uh, one of the things that, this is a sensitive topic for a lot of folks, but and not to make light of the topic, but I, I couldn't help but kind of chuckle to myself as, uh, as we were coming on air, as Gavin and I talked about the different topics, and I was throwing out a, a variety of different topics yesterday uh, uh, before we, we settled on a topic. He texted me um, this morning and said, did we settle on anything? I'm leaning towards drinking. And that just, I laughed out loud, and I said, have things gotten that bad? Do we need to have a session? So, you know, this is one of those topics that, you know, it's a serious topic, but it's one that I hope that we can have uh, a good but lighthearted conversation in, midst, in the midst of what is a serious topic. Well, jokes, so, so um, usually I send out texts and I'm, I'm doing a thousand things in this small brain of mine and I send out a text and I haven't thought about it. To be honest, I did think about that. And I thought that was, because <laughs> I, I thought that was a, a, an interesting way of wording it. But humor... Uh, uh, there's an interesting component with comedians where they have a dark side because what they do is they see kind of the world and they acknowledge the truth of the world and then have an interesting spin on it. And oftentimes that leads them to dark places. And so good comedy resonates. And when I said I'm leaning towards drinking, the reason that's funny is because in the world we've come to see drinking as a solution for problems. That's like, right. you know, um, what do you give a, a woman who has eight children for Christmas? A bottle of wine. A bottle of vodka. Yeah, and, yeah. and I don't want to make light of it. I, I'm just right. saying, but, but so what you should hear there is, ouch, and somebody may have already turned the station. I, I don't want to make light of it, but the reason is because, because drinking has been understood for a long time as a solution to problems at, rather than a source of them. And we're going to get into that later on in the week. But, yes. but yeah, so. So today we want to get into this idea of Christian liberty versus the law. Okay. Well, I think you start with with ideas about the law, and I, I'm not even going to get into these. I just think it's really important for us to cover. So you have the civil, the ceremony, and the moral law. Many people break them down into those or even more. Uh, understands. And, and many people think that the ceremonial law, the sacrificing of animals and all the vestments and all the things that, that were a part of the Jewish life, the life of the Israelites in the Old Testament, Jesus absolutely abolished them. So why don't we perform literal animal sacrifices? Well, because Jesus fulfilled that, right? And uh, when he said it is finished, that was one, uh, I mean, he 
fulfilled all the law and those ceremonial laws, the sacrifices are no longer needed and the ceremonial laws have been fulfilled. The civil law, well, we don't live in a theocracy anymore. And so some people believe that, and it's not this easy, by the way, many people have different views of this, but we, we just have to have a kind of an understanding of the law. Well, what about the moral law? And now we're going to talk about drinking as a part of the moral law, right? Right. As, as, as um, something that we ought not to do. Well, why, why can't we drink? If, if these components of the law have been fulfilled, why can we not, let's say, not? we're not going to get into the drinking versus drunkenness right now. We'll get into that in a little bit. Why can't we be drunk? Mm. If Jesus fulfilled it all, and why can't we be? It's anything goes, right? Anything goes. And, and the 10 cent word for that is antinomian. And let me mm. back up here a second and just say, part of what we're going to do today is give you some words that you're going to need to look up on your own. This may be just an introduction to some things that, that we want you to think about as you open the door to discuss the topic of Christianity, Christian liberty, and drinking. So I'm not going to get into too much the ceremonial law, the civil law, and the moral law, but I do want to make this uh, this point. I believe in Romans 7 when Paul says that when he covets, he's confessing that the law is good. What he's saying there is, when I do things I don't want to do, I'm acknowledging that there's a better way. And the better way is according to the law because God is not against you. He's for you. And the law is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And, and so first of all, to acknowledge that to follow the rules, the laws, the commandments, the statutes, the precepts, the law of God is a great thing. Yes. It's a good thing. So if the law says it, it's not sucking the joy out of your life. It's adding to the joy of your life, right? So the, the moral law. The other part of that is the moral law, most, most uh, clearly expressed in the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Uh, and then when Jesus says, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love thy neighbor as thyself, that's the summary of those, you know, the law. I, I think the that the the expression of the Ten Commandments, the Decalogue, there's another word that you may want to look up, the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, the, is not just God arbitrarily coming up with a list of things to do and not to do. It is a reflection, it flows from God. So for example, and we've, we've covered this before, but God is not a murderer. Therefore don't murder. Yeah. Be holy as God is holy. So God is not, a doesn't covet. Therefore don't covet God. God, um, I mean, God is not an adulterer. He is faithful. Even when we are faithless is what Paul says. God is not an adulterer. He, he doesn't forsake his people. He is faithful. Therefore, be faithful. Your marriage should be a reflection of God, and it's for your good and for your joy. So a lot of those components are coming together. So when we talk about drinking, whatever we end up on, the point that I'm making right now is it's for your good. If And you and I are going to disagree on this, and we'll get into that in a little bit. God is not against his people to follow his laws, the moral law. And by the way, uh, we'll get into that in a second. To follow God's commandments is not a bad thing. Paul in Romans 7, a redeemed, sanctified, uh, saved Paul is saying the law is still good. Now it doesn't, it do, Galatians is going to go through, it doesn't do this, the same thing. Um, there is, there is a purpose of the law that's a little bit different. Um, but, it, but it's, it's still good. We good there? Yes. Does that make sense? Absolutely. 100%. Okay. Um, so, uh, where do we want to go from there? The functions of law, right? So why don't we turn to James chapter one? You want to, you want to read it uh, and maybe I'll give the purpose of the law 
as you are turning to James uh, chapter 1, and you could read um, 23 and following. James 1, 23 and following, and I'll just say, one of the functions of the law is that it we, we read the law and we go, woe is me. And then it, it convicts us and we turn to a savior or it shows us that we, we constantly need to preach the gospel to ourselves. So one of the roles and functions of the law, it, it's a mirror. Yes. Okay, so you want to read that? Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Yeah. So you, you look at yourself and you, and you, and you're, you have a better understanding of who you are in light of God and his word. Holy Spirit working in you, uh, it's a mirror that shows you um, yourself. It's, you know, so Paul says after in Romans 7, when he's looking at those things, he says, you know, I do the things I don't want to do. I keep doing the things I ought not to do. Uh, it is no longer I, but sin that dwells in me. I think the no longer means that he's regenerate. And, it, and he just says, woe is me. You know, like he says, uh, a wretched man that I am who will set me free from this body of death. Thanks be to God through Christ Jesus. So um, second, it, it's, it restrains evil. So um, one of the functions of the law is that, you know, I know a lot of people that were like, man, the whole time I was doing that, I just felt, you know, like I was doing something wrong. Their conscience is at work. Well, your conscience should be shaped by God's law, God, his word and his Holy Spirit at work in you. Yes. Okay. So the, it, it restrains evil. Um, and the, and the th third thing is it guides God's children. So the law is still a wonderful and good thing. It's a reflection of God. We should, um, but the other thing I maybe here's where we go. Uh, Galatians two 16, because this is another thing that we need to make abundantly clear as regenerate believers. Galatians two 16 and following, we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ so that we also have believed in Christ <clears throat> in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. So sola fide, right? This by, by faith alone, right? Yeah. You are not saved because you do good things. You will not be saved. If, you, if you're drinking right now and you think, oh, I'll put down the alcohol as a drunkard and I, I, you know, I've, I've tarried long with wine, I'll put it down and be saved. No one will be saved by works of the law. Works do not save you. Works are a reflection of your heart. We just said it. It's a mirror. It shows where you are in relationship to God. So, but it doesn't earn. It's not meritorious. It does not earn salvation. Good right. works. So I don't want anybody to think with all this conversation about drinking and uh, that, that, um, that if you just stop, you've arrived. There's no work that's going to save you. Now, it's, it's a reflection. Growing in your hatred of sin is a reflection of your relationship with God. You should be growing in your adoration and affection for God and his word, and you should be growing in your dislike and hatred of sin. It's not perfect. You will constantly be a work in progress this side of glory. But it should be something that's happening, right? And I think it's something that should be celebrated. If you're a drunkard and you put that and you put that away, uh, if by God's grace uh, He enables you to be able to walk away from that, I think that's something to be celebrated. But that's not what we're saying. We're saying that it doesn't earn you salvation. It doesn't earn you God's favor because works never do earn God's favor. Sure. 
and I don't, I don't know how easy it would be to get into this briefly, but, but there is a benefit to not being a drunkard period. Right. Okay. There's a number of benefits, but it, it doesn't necessarily indicate where you stand with, with God. So not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, you're under the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone who puts down alcohol has, has claimed to their, a relationship with God. Right. It is by faith in Christ Jesus. I cannot emphasize that enough. All right. So, so we want to, we want to get kind of an understanding of the law it does a whole bunch of things and, and you won't be saved by the law, but, but the law is still good. It, it shows you, you know, who God is and it shows you where you stand. It shows a need of a savior. Um, it guides you into truth, you know, it guides you into truth. So l- let's make sure though, that we hit on this Christian liberty. There are things in the faith that you are absolutely free to do. And sometimes it's unwise. Yes. Okay. So Christian liberty means that you are at liberty to do that. N- you know, these things are permissible, but they may not be profitable. And as we discuss drinking, you've got to work through in, in your context what brings most glory to God. Even though you may be, in terms of Christian liberty, it may be very permissible for you to partake in some things. You have to ask yourself, is this wise? Is it, and, and much more importantly than that to me is, does this bring honor to God's name? Um, and, and I want to work through that because it may not be as easy as we, we want to I'll chalk it into one category or the other, but, but ask yourself that, um, and then don't abuse that Christian Liberty. Don't flaunt that Christian Liberty. There are a lot of young, restless and reformed people right now that make a big deal about drinking. And it's not like, okay, I'm, I'm able to drink. It's like, guess what I'm doing? And I think sometimes we flaunt our Christian Liberty in a way that causes not a Pharisee to stumble, but a weaker brother to stumble. And there is a difference. You said something about, um, I forget the word you used, abuse the liberty, I think is how you said it. And I think that's part of the issue that, that we have as, as people who are broken, fallen people, is that we balance is a real struggle for, for people. We're not talking about just specifically believers. People in general struggle with balance. We can do good things um, and, and we can do bad things, uh, but so often we go to one extreme or the other. And that's so true in so many different topics. Earlier, before we came on, Gavin, we were talking about sex, and we were just talking about how people have abused sex. So they've gone to one extreme or the other, and it's the same with alcohol, and it's the same with virtually anything. Right, food. Yes. A- a- anything, that, any good gift of God is abused in this world. It we, has we, been abused. We, we go to ways. the extreme with it. Well, so I don't, you know, we've, we've mentioned this before. I don't like necessarily the idea of the extreme. I think we, we lose the anchor of God, his word, and we lose the, the, the T loss of God, but we lose the desire to glorify him. So I'm not, no, I'm no longer trying to walk a tightrope. Yeah. I will. I inevitably that's just destined to fail. I'm trying to glorify God, whether I eat or I drink, whether, whether I drink alcohol or not, I want to glorify God. I want to bring honor to his name. I want to fairly and rightly represent his word and his, the work of the spirit inside of me. So I'm not walking a tightrope. I I don't like for me anymore. I don't like balance. What's the right amount? I like, okay, in this situation, forget balance. And you know, that's kind of a yin and a yang approach. I just want to glorify God recklessly, uh, that's a bad word, thoughtfully glorify God. (laughs) Um, Look up antinomianism and look up neonomianism. You don't have to look them up now, but if you're you're on the treadmill and you're listening to us, don't look them up now. That could go poorly. But but there's the new 
law in, introduced, um, uh, and it's the law of Christ, and it's, there's a whole bunch of things that you, you we would discuss, and we're not going to get into it. Antinomianism is that there's a total removal of the law, and once you're a Christian, God has no reason, right, to make any demands on you whatsoever. And we would look at we would look at Ephesians, right? And Ephesians is broken up into two categories. Oh, we're going over. Ephesians is broken up into two categories. Uh, in, in one way of understanding Ephesians, the indicative, this is who God is and what he has done, and the imperatives. And the first three chapters are the indicative, who God is and what he's done. And the, the second three in Ephesians are uh, the imperatives. Because God is this, now live like this. Right. And again, I do not want to make it meritorious. You don't earn salvation, but as an overflow of your walk with God, this is the fruit that is born in your life. And one of them is don't be drunk with wine. Yeah. For that is debauchery. This is a good place to stop. Um, and so hopefully you'll continue to open your Bible if you're listening to us. And, uh, and join us again tomorrow as we pick up this conversation and continue on. Until tomorrow, God bless. Thank you.